You're listening to Culturally Speaking. This is Janice. And this is Neha. And we're here to talk about all things cultural. Okay, so today we are going to talk about home remedies. Um, Obviously, in the world around us at the moment, we're hearing lots of really unfortunate news around coronavirus um, and people falling sick. But we thought it'd be a good opportunity to look at some of the remedies people use at home that have been passed down over time and across generations, both within our own cultures, within Chinese and Indian cultures, but also from talking to friends in different parts of the world and what they do. Um, so I guess, Janice, from a Chinese medicine point of view, Mm. What was about the fact that there were hot foods, cold foods, and not relating to temperature, but the effect they have on your body? Does that go yeah. over into some of the home remedies that you grew up with? Generally speaking, when you're talking about just when you have a cough or a cold or a flu, somehow there are symptoms where it tells you if it's a hot version or a cold version. Um hot versions of illness are caused by you having too much heat in your body. Now, having studied nutrition myself, my modern understanding of this is meaning perhaps dehydration or inflammation in your system. Um, When it's a cold version, it could mean some kind of weakness in the immunity. For example, do you know like chrysanthemum as a flower? Yeah, I do. They're very pretty. (laughs) We drink a tea made from dried chrysanthemum flowers you just boil water and brew some in the water and that actually helps clear up the heat in your body so even if for example you know you're working late nights and we what we believe is if you don't rest at the right times your body gets really exhausted and therefore dehydrated and could have inflammation so even for you know, these reasons, you could make some chrysanthemum tea and drink that. Um, And I know like in the West, chicken soup generally is considered a very good remedy for everything. Um, Yeah, we've heard this a lot, haven't we, over the years? Yeah. And yet in Chinese culture, if you're having a hot cough or a hot cold, drinking chicken soup actually makes it worse. Because chickens generally give you a lot of heat. And the way to, I guess, mitigate that factor is by cooking this soup with some other ingredients. So if you make coconut chicken soup, and by this, I don't mean using coconut milk. We use actual coconut bits right, to, to boil the chicken soup with. That kind of decreases the heat. Um, so, yeah, I think I think even in Chinese medicine, home remedies just vary a lot. And the most key point of Chinese medicine is it never tries to actually, I guess, soothe your symptoms. It goes for rebalancing your body. So it usually takes longer to recover, but overall, you should end up better than before you started. Yes. So hearing you talk about Chinese medicine actually reminds me very much about the Ayurvedic traditions of prevention and balance within your body so it's a a kind of a holistic look at everything not just what you eat Um, it's your overall lifestyle Um, and it's very much about having this 
I come back to the word balance again. Um, so yes, whilst there are home remedies that I've heard from friends and family when we were talking about this episode about what they do when they're feeling under the weather, the overall system um, based on the ancient sort of traditions is much bigger than that, um, which I think is is quite interesting because Western medicine, I think, as we know, or modern Western medicine is around the cure, you know, to treat a specific ailment, um, whereas this is much more around the prevention. And I think the two do work together, um, as you say, like, I don't know anybody that shuns one for the other solely, um, because they do complement each other in ways. But going back to the home remedies, I think a lot of the ones I found were around if you've got a sore throat, honey and black pepper, um, hot water instead of cold water because your body can absorb it much easily. So on that point, um, I mean, you've got a lot of Chinese friends as well, right? I don't know if you've noticed, but it's a strictly warm water situation for most people, like all the time. I do that. I much prefer drinking like not boiling water but just yeah under kind of warm warmer warmer than warm right yes <laughs> in a very yeah. unscientific way but yes I think that's yeah. a preference I don't know if I don't know why see so you grew up in a hot climate as well I've heard that drinking a hot drink in a hot climate actually cools you down rather than an ice cold drink so my um mother drinks hot tea in the middle of summer like doesn't matter how hot it is it doesn't matter where we are in the world if we're on holiday she always needs a hot cup of tea because she says it makes her feel cool my line of thought I think is that you know we're around 36 37 degrees normally right I just don't believe that drinking or eating anything will change our body temperature significantly it's a feeling though isn't it yeah yeah So, um, when we were talking about doing an episode on home remedies, I actually reached out to a Facebook community that I'm a part of, um, and I got some really interesting responses. Um, Shall I tell you some of them? I can't wait to hear them. Some of them are quite predictable. So, for example, you know the Chinese hot and sour soup? Like, that's a personal favorite as well, because it's so spicy and so sour that it just makes everything run. And I think it's particularly good for if you're feeling congested. Um, okay. Chicken noodle soup came, came up loads. Um, and Can we just... Chicken noodle soup, when we mean this. And again, I think this is an Americanization, but I'm not sure. Mm. It doesn't mean noodles in the Asian sense right it means pasta I mean I guess it depends if you're making it yourself or if you're getting it from a Chinese takeaway right because for me chicken noodle soup is homemade from scratch using a whole chicken Um, and actually Chinese chicken soup we don't use things like onion carrot celery none of that we quite often put like a massive chunk of ginger in um but again ginger is meant to be 
have healing properties as well. Yes. And antibacterial. Yeah. And I think it's anti-inflammatory as well. Um, so for me, then the noodle, I personally prefer rice noodles over egg noodles. So that's what I would have gone for. But I can imagine what you meant, you know, maybe in the West, it's spaghetti or other types of soup pasta. Um, then I've got tomato soup and grilled cheese, which I think is a lot of people's firm favorite. It's a comfort food, isn't it? Yeah, even when you're not ill, I think it's delicious. Um, <laughs> so I've also got people talking about the Vietnamese pho. So I personally quite like that too when I'm feeling a bit under the weather because it's it's just the right amount of saltiness. And again, it's the hot soup, I think, that really helps. The salt, I guess, is also to do with the dehydration. Because I think if you have a cold mm. and you're sneezing a lot and you're losing, um, you know, key minerals and salts out your body. We certainly yeah. have a salty, sweet water, a limbukani, which is lemon, salt, sugar. And it is also a bit like one of those um, ice tonic drinks that I think you'd have if you were suffering severe dehydration. So and it just is a pick-me-up. Funny you say that, lemon, salt, and sugar. So in my family, so it's not just a my family kind of thing it's it's quite common I think in, in Chinese families but remember in our first ever episode Chinese New Year I mentioned that we have this plant with these orange fruits like tiny mandarins I think we mentioned it so basically they're like kamquats or satsumas but they're tiny and you, and you get them in a pot what we've always done is once Chinese New Year is over you can't actually eat those most of the time because they're quite sour. Yeah. We would wash them, air dry them, and then pack them in jars with salt and cure them. So we've got vintage jars from like 2008 um, <laughs> of these salted, let's call them mandarins or kumquats. And I've got some in my fridge now, even though I live over here. I brought them over from Hong Kong. and. Basically, they're so, so, so salty that all you need when, especially you've got a scratchy throat, a bit of a sore throat starting, you would crush one in a glass, put boiling water in it, wait for it to cool a little bit, and then just down the whole glass. And the salt, I think people do salt gargles like that because mm. it kills anything that's in your throat, supposedly. Yeah. And it, if you're at the early onset of a cough or a cold... Yeah, it cleans out all the mucus as well in the back of your throat, doesn't it? Yeah, and and this is like a, I have no idea if there's any scientific proof, but I've been drinking this since I was a child, and it's worked every time. Um, so then another weird one I saw, by the way, <laughs> from this lady whose mum is Korean, is to have a bowl of cooked rice with ice and water added to it afterwards i couldn't really get my head around this and i couldn't google it <laughs> it's like so, cold congee no so it's just rice it's okay. actual cooked rice but then you add ice cubes and water to it and i just i mean 
good for this family. It's always worked, apparently. And even now, as an adult, this is what she craves when she's ill, and it works for her. And I think the placebo side is just as effective. I was just about to say, how much of this do you think is a memory of how we feel? And how much of it is actually it's changing something in our bodies? Because like the grilled cheese and tomato soup, I think that just takes you back to like a warm, comforting, happy place. And we've always said food is very emotional. Yeah, and there's definitely a lot of, I guess, muscle memory in in a culinary sense. Um, So slightly unrelated, but I can't really smell Red Bull without thinking of Jägerbombs anymore. (laughs) And it just makes me feel so horrible. But so, yeah, I think I think a lot of it is kind of bringing you back to a place where you were taken care of or it did make you feel better back then and therefore you think it is making you feel better. Um, there are some other interesting ones. Um, so there's a Portuguese one where it's called panela. So I had a Google and it's a Portuguese cane sugar. And apparently you're meant to drink it with milk. Now, personally, I've never wanted to drink anything too sweet or too dairy-based when I'm ill. It just doesn't sit right with me. Yeah, milk's an interesting one. Um, Like I said, turmeric milk is something that is very sort of widely drunk when people are feeling under weather and just as an everyday drink um, in India. But there is conflicting ideas about milk and whether it's good for you if you've got a cough or something like that, because I guess the way that you swallow it and digest it as well, whether it's like you say, how it makes you feel. Yeah. And then a lot of people actually, so this group, I guess a lot of people are based in America and saltine and some kind of soft drink. So seven up, Sprite, ginger ale, um, which I've personally never done. I think just when I'm ill and I already feel quite dehydrated, the last thing I feel like eating is biscuits or crackers. So I, I'm okay with toast, I think. Toast? I've heard of dry toast to like settle your stomach if you can't keep anything down. Um, I, maybe crackers is a similar thing. I certainly eat more when I'm ill. I don't lose my appetite. Unfortunately, I'm not one of those people that emerge from a week in bed and, you know, I've lost six, five kilos or whatever. I absolutely want to eat everything in sight. Um, so when you were talking about the lady that has rice and water and ice, it reminded me of something we have, um, which is kitri which is a combination of rice and a dal um mm-hmm. cooked together and this is so common everybody will tell you that their mom made it for them when they were sick um and it's something that it's just i can't think of anybody who doesn't have this that i know um from, from an indian background and it varies you know however you make it you can add ginger um or spices you can keep it very plain. You can have it with yogurt curd. Um, you can have it without. But 
again, it just takes me back to being a child, being fed this because it's a very simple food, but you've got a bit of carbs, you've got some protein. Um, and it's supposed to be very light on the stomach because I guess if you're not moving around and being very active, you want something that's quite easy to digest. But the flip side of that being, I don't really like to eat it when I'm not sick. <laughs> so it takes me that headspace. In Chinese, you know, for people who have seen the Hangover film, I think it's in the second one, where they mention this Chinese food called jok. And it's basically, imagine porridge, but instead of oats, you make it with rice. Um, my mum loves congee. Uh, just any time of the day, any day. I think she just really likes the whole concept of it. And you can actually, uh, you can make up loads of variations of it. You can have it completely plain. Yeah. Or you can have it with meat or seafood or vegetables, anything you like. And I think growing up, I never really liked it very much because number one, it's to quote Goldilocks, it's always too hot. Like, it's one of those foods that you always burn the roof of your mouth when you eat it. Because you um, never wait long enough. Yeah. You always because, get to get into it. And you know the texture of porridge? It's really hard to blow on it because it just forms like a skin on top. So you can you can blow on it. It's not going to cool it down. So growing up, I think I had a lot of resistance <laughs> against eating it, except when I'm ill. Because as you said about Kitri, I think, it's because it's so easily absorbed. You know, it's really cooked down rice, so it does help you recover. But now growing up, I think I have a newfound appreciation for it. Um, but I don't really make it unless I'm ill. Like if I have an alternative, I don't. Isn't that funny? Like I would go and have a bowl of congee if I was out somewhere and I really wanted to pick really? me up. In small quantities I don't mind a little bit of congee I tell you what though I could not have it every morning like I was in China for about a month and they had it every morning on the menu for breakfast and I mm. couldn't see myself eating that every morning no like even when I go to Hong Kong for a, for a visit now you know I would say oh I feel like having a really good congee because just eating it so there are these restaurants which specialize in making congee and noodles mm. and it's just not the same as the one you make at home so I would well, have because cravings. they perfected an art right yeah it's just not the same it's kind of like making your own salad at home versus going somewhere like Burley's for people in the UK where you have 50 million ingredients to choose from you get the <laughs> luxury of choice when you when you eat out yeah and I guess speaking of going out for your medicine or your um sort of remedies as it were if you're feeling under the weather I was talking to a friend in the US about the medicine ball this winter mm -hmm. and I think it was all over the internet the last year or two um and it kind of got a bit of a cult status because it was on their secret menu but I looked into actually what is in a medicine ball have you ever had one I have actually never heard of this. So, as I said, it's something that you can order off, like, the secret menu, supposedly, if you know what it is. So what's in it is supposedly a honey citrus mint tea. So it's a combination of 
their jade citrus mint tea and peach herbal tea. Then they mix okay. it with steamed lemonade. So I guess lemons, which we know to be, again, one of those things that we drink. And two, like, servings of honey. Which, and then it's got things like apple and peach pieces, chamomile, rose hip. So interesting taste-wise, I'm sure. But to me, that just sounds mm. like a load of sweetened water. Sweetened hot water, rather. Yeah. I think all of those things in their names have one correct word in them. <laughs> but <laughs> then too much sugar, in my opinion. Way too much sugar. Like, it's seven and a half tablespoons of sugar. That's way too much. That's more than what you should be having in a day. Exactly. So who goes around drinking this? Like, I don't know. I'm really, I want to hear if anybody's had it, whether it does make you feel better, um, you know, or is it just one of these things that Starbucks has created because they feel like it will appeal to someone? I want to know. Yeah. And I think you mentioned Vicks vapor rub on your feet. I mean, yeah. Vicks vapor rub. I feel everybody told you it was, you know, the thing that was going to make you feel better, no matter what was wrong with you. Apparently, one remedy calls for dirty socks. <laughs> so what you're meant to do is grease your throat with lard or chicken fat, and then place dirty socks around it. <laughs> and it just really made me laugh. You can't see my face, but that just sounds absolutely <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> well this has been very fun i think it's been really interesting to hear what different people have uh when they're feeling under weather we should caveat this whole thing by saying we are not medical professionals we don't know if any of these things actually have any effect or work but it's just nice to know you've been listening to culturally speaking with music by kevin mcleod Please rate and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're on. Get in touch with us on Instagram at Culturally Speaking Podcast or via email. You'll find all the details in our show notes. Tune in next week for more culture. Until then, stay cultured.